0: Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Beat Exam Stress Podcast with me, your host, Claire Yosa. You can find the show notes today at beatexamstress.com forward slash podcast, forward slash zero zero five. And today, I'm turning the tables. I'm looking at whether your exam stress fears are getting in the way of your child's success. And <laughs> this is so much more common than you might think. So as a current parent of an exam stress team, it's been incredibly clear to me how I can get in the way of his success. Here are some of the ways that we can do this as parents or as teachers or as tutors. Does this bit in your brain? called the reticular activating system it's really useful it's the filter for sensory experience so it's the bit that knows what the air pressure is in your left ear right now but make sure that you don't consciously have to worry about that the thing is it filters what's important to us based on our beliefs we train our brain's neurology to spot the stuff that's important to us or that contradicts that so If I'm worried about how my son is doing with his revision or his exam preparation, or how he's gonna do on the big days, I am gonna be running beliefs that that's important to me. My reticular activating system, the RAS, is gonna look for evidence to support that worry and it's gonna see it. So if he shows the slightest hint of wobbling, I'm gonna spot it but I'm less likely to spot all the times that he's genuinely absolutely fine. Now here's the thing, I will respond to that trigger saying, my child is stressed, he's got anxiety, he's worried, he's not gonna do well, are we doing the wrong thing? Should he not be sitting these exams? Yeah, that whole cycle kicks off in my head. The RAS goes, oh, She wants to answer these questions. Great, I'm gonna provide her with loads more evidence to support those fears. So this is one way that it can get triggered. The other side of it is our own exam baggage. If, when we've been sitting exams ourselves in the past, we found them horrendous and difficult, and we hated them and we dreaded them and we had sweaty palms and we smudged the ink on our paper with them, the bit in your brain that processes that sensory information, the RAS, is going to spot examples of your child going through that. Or if it can't find them, those fears become like a filter through which we see our child. Those worries, we project them onto them. We look for evidence to say, yep, my child's like me, because this is how exams have to be. They have to be difficult. The child has to get stressed. They have to worry about failing. They have to do whatever we did. We see what we expect to see. So our beliefs, our fears, our worries, our anxiety and our emotions get projected onto our child. And sometimes we can be at risk of responding to our child as though we've just seen those same fears and worries and beliefs in them, even if we haven't. In the meditation world, I'm a meditation teacher as well. There's this thing called projection versus perception. When you're meditating regularly and you can calm your mind, not to that stillness because very few people get that, but when you can slow your thoughts and become consciously aware of them, one of the things you learn to do is to question each thought, to see whether it's real because a huge amount of the time, our thoughts, the stories we're telling ourselves in our heads are actually just a projection. They are at least at some level made up rather than perceiving what is really true. So this is one of the tools to turning this around. If you find yourself telling yourself a story about how your child is stressed or must be stressed or has to be worried, take a deep breath in and breathe out with a sigh to come back into your body and ask yourself, what's true in this? What evidence am I actually seeing? And is it possible that I'm projecting my fears, my worries, my baggage, onto how my child is handling this? Now there's another way this affects our kids. I've got a dog called Tara, who we call her the emotion radar. If there's an emotion running in our house, it doesn't matter whether somebody's shouting or somebody's excited, she barks and bounces. She really gets involved in the emotions. She can sense every emotion we're feeling. Children have that facility too. Actually we do as grown-ups. How often have you walked into a meeting room and had a sense that the last meeting in there maybe had been a bit confrontational or you go to someone's house and you can tell if the family's just stopped a row before you walked in. We can feel emotions when there's no one in the room, but you can feel it even more strongly when someone is. As an NLP trainer, one of the exercises I do at the beginning of somebody's diploma journey is you sit people back to back and you just get them to talk to each other. And one of them is thinking about something really happy or really sad and the other one has to guess which is which. And actually the accuracy with which we can do that is huge. We sense emotions children haven't had quite as many years of baggage pushing that technique down pushing that skill down so they sense them even more strongly so if you are stressed and worried about your child when you talk to them about exams they're going to pick up on that and because they trust us even if going through the teenage years for example they pretend they don't because they look to us for unconscious guidance they're going to quickly pick up the baggage that oh, mom dad is really stressed about how I'm gonna do in my exams. I should be stressed about how I do in my exams. So they feel those emotions. Our beliefs about how they can do in their exams or how exams work for us affect the words we use. makes it harder if we've got exam baggage to talk positively and be open to the possibility that actually our child might be okay. And as I said, we see what we expect to see. If you're running strong beliefs that children get stressed about exams you're going to see more evidence of them getting stressed. So what do our children need from us? They need us to be their rock, they need us to be their cheerleader, they might need us to be their counsellor, they might need us to go and be their advocate if something needs to change at school or in their exam preparation. What they don't need is for us to be a secret emotional wreck, awake at 4am, worrying about how their exams are going to go and how this is going to affect the rest of their life. And I'm saying that because I have that t-shirt this very spring. (laughs) So what can you do? You have to be able to get grounded and to get calm. So all of the exam stress techniques that I teach on the beatexamstress.com website, you can apply to yourself. By letting go of your worry and your exam stress, it opens you up to seeing the real truthful evidence, that perception instead of projection of how your child is doing. It gives you access to the inspiration on how you can help them and it allows you to be their rock, to be their cheerleader, to be the person who is there for them through this probably challenging phase of their life. So when this happens for me, I start with what we've already talked about. is what's real in this, what's true in this, and what is just my projection or my worry. And then I respond to that truth instead of my mind story fears. The next thing I do is... I get grounded. Yeah, it's that deep breath in, breathing out through my feet. If you've got the seven and a half exam stress quick fixes, you can use the mindfulness grounding technique in that for yourself to let go of your own worry and anxiety. It's hugely potent. I then also look in the mirror. What role am I playing here? Because I have to admit, sometimes my inner drama queen relishes the emotions yeah I know that sounds crazy but we all do it to some extent am I trying to whip my child up into some kind of frenzy over exam stress am I trying to motivate them through fear rather than love is there a role I'm playing that is actually not being particularly helpful that look in the mirror can be hard but it can also be transformational and if I'm on the roller coaster of worry and stress and anxiety even after 13 years, as an, no, 15 years now as an NLP trainer, so the user manual for your brain, an expert in practical psychology and all the other tools I have to help myself shift those interferes and to clear out my baggage. The one thing I found is most potent is actually EFT, tapping, doing a monkey impression, tapping on the body's meridian points. I feel so passionately about this. I actually went out and got qualified as a master practitioner, so I now teach it. So if this is happening for you and you secretly know that your exam fears are getting in the way of your child's success, EFT could be the perfect solution. In under a minute, you can shift from stressed to smiling. Join me on May the 3rd, 7 p.m. UK time because I am running a live online workshop for parents, teachers, and tutors to use EFT and mindfulness to shift exam stress fast. I'm going to be taking you through the neurology, the neuroscience of exam stress, how being stressed or anxious stops you from doing your best in the exam, the mind-body-emotions link so you can help your child or yourself in that way, detailed how to use EFT with your child, how to use the right setup statements to clear the right blocks first time to help them to go from totally stressed out to confident really quickly. If you want to join me you can find the link on the show notes page beatexamstress.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero zero five or the direct link to get your ticket third of may 7 pm uk time is beatexamstress.com forward slash next hyphen live hyphen training i'd love to share it with you and there are also some extra resources on the show notes page of videos and articles I've done that can help you on this topic already. If this is resonating for you, let me know via the comments on that page. I would love to hear from you. How do you feel that parents or even teachers and tutors might have their own exam fears getting in the way of their child's success? What has worked for you in the past? What kind of effect do you see this having? And what action might you take now you know what you know to turn this around? If you've enjoyed it today, please subscribe via iTunes. If you know anybody who might find this useful, please share the link beatexamstress.com forward slash podcast forward slash 005 with any other parents, teachers or tutors who might love this. And I will be back next week when we're gonna be talking about, oh, this is something that really affects grown ups, but it starts in childhood, comparisonitis. Is this the real root of your child's exam stress? and why dealing with it now will reap rewards for the rest of their life. I can't wait to share this one with you. It's something nobody's talking about, but it's a huge issue for our children and their lifelong mental health. And I'm hoping to bring you a really useful podcast next week with practical stuff you can do to help your child if comparisonitis and that badge of honour are driving their exam stress. I hope you have a fantastic week and I look forward to hearing from you and maybe seeing you on the 3rd of May in our live online workshop. Have an amazing week.